Welcome to the Healthpreneur Show with Uriel Kime. We're so glad you're here. Every episode, we're going to bring advice and conversations with experts that will help you grow your health business. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Yuri here once again with you. Uh, I've got a special guest today once again. Her name is Lauren Smith. And if you don't know who she is, let me give you a bit of context because she's um, not someone you may have known in like the health professional space, but she's doing some amazing stuff in the event space. And just in case you don't know, let me give you a bit of background about who Lauren is. So she is first and foremost a passionate event planner um, who loves bringing people together and really creating amazing experiences. She loves to bring events and travel together and she helps busy entrepreneurs create in-person connection with their online communities so they can strengthen their relationships, provide incredible value and turn their community into raving fans. I can go on and on, but I'm sure we'll dive into some of that. So Lauren, welcome to the Health Partner Show. Thank you so much for having me. I am honored. I'm excited. I'm all the things. I can't wait to jump in. Awesome. Well, let's dive right into this. This is all about the journey. And I'd love to know what that journey has looked like for you in business. And I want to kind of start at, well, let's kind of work in reverse. Like 2020 was an interesting year for a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah. How did you navigate 2020? What did that look like for you? Okay, good question. Being in the event and travel space in the middle of a pandemic was a little bit of a gong show. It was, I remember March hitting and we had clients that had events planned and they were like, what do we do? And I, for one second, was like, I actually don't know. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to pivot through this, but we're going to make it happen. And I remember looking back and saying, who do I want to come out of this as? Like, who do I want to be as a person? Who do I want to be as a business owner? And what do I want my business to actually look like? And there were some long, hard conversations especially in the event and travel space, like we were not allowed to to execute our businesses. So I remember sitting with my coach and with my support system and just saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I never want to give up the events and travel, but that's just not a thing that we can focus on right now. So how are we going to set ourselves up for success now for when that future, the doors do open back up. And two of the big things that we did is we registered our business as a travel agency in the middle of a global pandemic, people were like, you have completely lost it. What are you doing? Why are you going that route? Travel agents are not going to be a thing, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually going to be the opposite. It's going to be such a hot market when um, planes do get to, to fly again. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is we've always done sponsorships and brand partnerships for our event planning clients. And one of my clients said to me, why don't you just like pitch me on podcasts? Why don't you try and get these brand deals outside of events for me? And let's see what happens. And now we have a roster of 22 one-on-one clients. Um, we're fully booked and we had our most profitable year ever. So it was interesting. Mm-hmm. So talk, walk me through like why, tra- what, so what was the, what's the plan of the travel agency? Like why go that route? Yeah. Okay. And how does that fit into the events or is that like a completely new kind of pathway? No, it actually fits perfectly. So in there's The event space is very multifaceted. There's like the corporate events where you're doing incentive programs and the like big trips where you have like 200 people in Mexico and there's, you need a travel agency include like involved in that for flights and all of the legalities and stuff behind Mm -hmm. that. But then when I brought the events to the entrepreneurs space, they're like, I want to host a retreat in Bali or in Muskoka, like whatever it was, they wanted to host these retreats um, for their audience, which is great. And we can 100% help them with. But we, there's still that legality in booking um, travel and taking money from a consumer if you're not a registered travel agent. Hmm. So we were working with a different travel agency. We were farming it out and there was just like too many people involved. There was, 
I didn't have control of the customer experience. And so I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to do it. We're going to get our business registered. It's going to help us obviously down the line with building out a full agency with like a bunch of different uh, travel agents and stuff. But the main focus was to be able to serve our clients and give them that high end experience that I find travel agents don't necessarily have a great reputation. And I want to start to change that. That's cool. So that's the IATA designation. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, IATA. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then I guess like the client comes to you, uh, I'd love to do a retreat in Bali, but you take care of everything. Yep. And just I show up. Yeah. So literally what they'll do is they'll say to us, like, I want to plan a retreat in Bali and I want to profit this amount of money. Mm -hmm. And we will help them with their ticket prices. We will find the venue. We'll book the transfers. We'll, we'll collect payment from consumer pay suppliers and then pay the coach their profit after the retreat. And they literally just have to show up and teach their content and not worry about anything. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great example of like being able to pivot during that time of uncertainty and part of the reason I want to have you on the show and like and have these conversations is to look at like 2020 didn't have to be a bad year for a lot of businesses mm-hmm. for many people in, in you know in my circle it's been the best year in business as you mentioned yeah and you you brought something up really interesting which is what do I want to learn through this how can I grow through this what type of person do I want to become on the on the other side of this mm-hmm. I think that's great is that a mindset or a, a self-talk you've had for as long as you can remember? Yeah. So I feel very fortunate. Um, I grew up with a father who's an entrepreneur. Um, he was a keynote speaker. He's written New York Times bestselling books. So I've always had access to incredible mindset mentors, the Bob Proctors of the world, the John Asraffs. They're all very close family friends of mine. So awesome. I've always had this like mindset instilled. Um, but when I was 21, my dad got sick and lost his ability to speak. And there was some struggle for some years of like, how do you get out of your own head? You know what you need to do. You know, the tools, you know, the success that you can, you can have by getting your mindset right. But obviously life happens. And I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, I had actually just gotten home from a trip to California where I was visiting with John, who is, if you're not familiar, an incredible, um, not neuroscientist, but he talks about like neuroplasticity and goal achieving and goal setting and, manifestation, all that stuff. And I, I, to this day say that if I did not just get home, like I landed from California and went into quarantine was how quickly COVID happened after California. If I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have lasted and like survived or thrived through the year. Um, but it's just always kind of been a part of who I am. I, I love mastering my mindset. I love showing up as the best version of myself. There's too many people that don't feel that way. And I feel Mm -hmm. like the world needs more people that are, are positive. Preacher girl, I'm totally with you on that one. You know, it's like, I, it's funny because we see, you know, in, in our business, we talk with a lot of people who say they want this, but their vision is so small, they can't even see how they can get past some of the hurdles to get there. Yeah. And one of the things that, like, it, it gets me going sometimes. I'm like, you say you want this thing, mm-hmm. but you're so limited in terms of your thinking mm-hmm. about how to get there. It's like, I can't, I can't, I can't. Mm-hmm. So what is a practice for you? Like, do you have a daily practice or what has that journey been like um, to help develop that mindset of of possibility and how you can grow through change? Totally. So I have kind of always been really strong headed and really strong willed in if I want something, I get it. And not because I'm spoiled and because I pull a temper tantrum because I figure out a way to achieve it. And I've just been able to see how success can come when you master your mindset. And I've seen the opposite. I've seen how you can throw away success if you can't get the conversation going on in your head, right? 
So for me, it is 100% a daily practice. It's something I, I don't thrive with every day. There's not every day where I wake up and I'm like, I'm going to be the best version of myself. Like (laughs) I need to work on it. I also am a big advocate of giving myself a timeout. So if I am realizing I'm talking negative, I'm reacting to a situation in a way that I wouldn't be proud of or a way that is going to hurt other people, I take a step back. I will never react publicly and I will never like lash out. It's typically where I'll sit back and say like, okay, what is going on in this situation? Like I have to do that self-talk. Um, I'm also really good at setting boundaries and that's a new thing. If, if I'm feeling like I need space or I don't have capacity, I will say it. I'll say, I just don't have capacity to deal with this. I need to work on X, Y, Z. So I think just like setting those boundaries and getting really clear on who you want to be without mm-hmm. knowing that I think nothing else is going to fall into place. hundred percent. That's great. Um, so when you think of, uh, you talked about your dad being, who's your, who's your father? If you mind me asking. Yeah. Uh, his name's Murray Smith. Murray Smith, that sounds familiar. That's cool. We and so I was gonna, what's that? We can chat offline about that story. <laughs> yeah, totally. So what are some of the books or experiences that have helped you over the years develop into who you are today? Good question. I, like my father, am not a big reader. I have tried so hard to read a book a month. I've done that whole thing. I haven't, I mean, he would probably be very upset if he knew this, but I haven't read my dad's book cover to cover. It's just, I am much more of like a tangible. I want to sit and have a conversation. I want to hear the fluctuation in your voice. I am very big on like, um, vibes and emotions and I can't get that from a book. It's just, I've never been that way. Um, but that being said, I have read, um, the compound effect by Darren Hardy had a big impact on me. Um, the parts of my dad's book that I have read obviously have had (laughs) a big impact on me. Um, yeah, I'm not, I can't sit and say I read like I mean, I've read Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis, but like kind of irrelevant to me. It's not, I'm more of like a podcast person or more of a tangible in-person events for me. Obviously I'm an event planner, but if I hear a keynote speaker and they say something that is like mind blowing to me, it will change my life. So I've had much more impact from that than I have from reading a book. What are one or two of those moments, whether that's, whether it was from hearing someone speak or maybe something you experienced yourself that really was like an inflection points in how you live your life? Yeah, there's two that stand out for me. One of them would have been, are you familiar with Darren Hardy? Yeah, from Success Magazine? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, in my previous roles, we had hired Darren quite a bit. Um, he's just an incredible person. They had actually hired him to do some one-on-one coaching with the CEO. And a lot of the things that he taught, we would obviously adopt into the business that we were uh, working on at the time. And there was one experience where we had flew Darren into Ontario in the middle of April, you don't expect there to be a snowstorm and you just, you're like, it's fine. He's going to be great. Anyways, huge snowstorm hit. He ended up taking like four and a half hours to get up to Collingwood. And I remember him showing up and he was just not thrilled to see me. He was like, I could tell he if, if he knew that I was the one that booked that venue, he was just going to take it out on me. And <laughs> I had done research on Darren before, cause I'm a huge advocate of wow moments and really uh, making people feel special and catered to. And I re- I knew that he didn't eat after a certain time at night and that he was on a very clean eating diet. So we filled his fridge with fresh pressed juices, granola, just like all of the really health. I mean, I'm speaking to the right audience right now. Um, stocked his room with that stuff. Let him go to bed. And I prayed that when I woke up the next morning, he would be in a good mood. And I see him walk through the door and he's like so happy. And he's like, where's Lauren? Because I wrote a handwritten note, like I did all the things. Um, and he like beelines for me and I'm like, 
my career is either about to be over or it's about to begin. And he said, you don't understand what that meant to me. The fact that you had done that research, you knew all of these things about me and you completely turned my experience around. I will forever be a supporter of yours. And this was back in 2013. And to this day, him and I have a great relationship. And it was that moment in my career where I was like, it just takes that one little extra step to show people you care that will completely change not just their experience with you, but their outlook on things going forward. So why not make that extra step? That's amazing. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I've always had the belief that I think most businesses are very mediocre at best. Yeah. Like if you think of the restaurants, the airlines, the hotels, Mm -hmm. it's like a handful of times it's been amazing, right? Yeah. And it's little things like what you just did that don't take a huge amount of time and effort or resources. Mm -hmm. It's just like, let's just take a moment to think about who this is and create something amazing. I think that's a great lesson. And, you know, whether you guys are watching or listening to this and you, you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't do events. It's, it's not about that. Like it's about small things that make a huge difference. Yeah. Like remembering their spouse's birthday or when for events, when we travel, if we hire a keynote speaker to come in, we will do our best. We'll work with their assistant. We'll do social media creeping and we'll frame a photo of their family in their hotel room. It's thinking of things that are going to make them remember you and not from an egotistical point of view, but from an experience point of view. Like I always want people to remember their experience with me as being positive and exciting and enriching their life and not the opposite. It's amazing. So what have you learned from like spending time with people like Darren or John uh, or other leaders that a lot of people listening and watching this might, might have read their books or, or looked at their stuff over the years. What have you learned from how they think, how they live their lives that is, um, that's been meaningful to you in in some way, shape or form? I think the biggest thing is each and every single one of them have committed not to success, not to having a biggest bank account, but have committed to showing up as the best version of themselves. So if you look at all all of these successful people, they either don't drink or they follow a vegan diet or they are just so committed to the decisions that they've made that they work out in the morning, they go for jogs on the beach or they, they always are committed to a routine And in that, obviously it changes your mindset and it changes how you show up. It changes the people you surround yourself with. Um, That's been a big thing. And none of them that I met that I look up to, granted, there's a lot of people in the world that do follow what I'm about to talk about that are successful and I just can't stand it. But a lot of the ones that I look up to just have a zero tolerance for crap. Like if you're going to be negative or you're going to complain about I don't know, your eating habits and that your life is negative. They just don't have time for it. We'll we'll change it. You have the tools and resources. Why are you sitting there wallowing in Mm -hmm. these, these issues? And and I'm not saying that mental health is not a problem. It is like you have to control or get the help that you need. But what I'm saying is these people that I look up to that are successful, they see the issues, they see the problems, they understand the resources and tools that you can implement to change them. And they make those, those next step forward to change it. Love how you mentioned that they focus on being the best version of themselves, which is what it's all about because all the external stuff is only a reflection of what's in here. Yeah. And I wish more internet entrepreneurs yeah. could hear that message because everyone's so focused on the money and the, the mm-hmm. stuff. And it's not about that. And no. it's um, not at all. What about like the relationships or, you know, outside of business, like what do they do or what, what have you noticed as a trend in, in people that you've worked with at that level? Um, you mentioned obviously their dietary and kind of exercise habits. Is there anything else 
the way they live their lives? Are they extravagant or simple or does it, you know, does it vary? Um, yeah, I would say it varies for sure. Um, but the biggest thing that actually has always resonated with me and hit home for me is they speak of the importance of a healthy relationship with their spouse and they, it, you'll see it. Like you'll see the, the big guys who are flying on private jets and they've got a different woman every weekend and they're living this life. And it's, you know, how like unhappy they are inside that they're trying to fill this time with yeah. crap, like with useless stuff. But then you look at the ones that are the really successful, the Bob Proctors, the Tony Robbins, like all those guys, they constantly talk about and understand the importance of putting in the work to have a, a successful and happy relationship at home, whether it's with your kids, with your spouse, with your parents, it's, it's understanding that everything in life is a relationship. And if you don't put your all into the ones that matter, then what's really the point of, yeah. being, of all the success. You know, the other thing that I think some of them have in common is there's a very, I've noticed a big Canadian contingent mm-hmm. in that space. Cause John is from outside Toronto, I think. And Bob is, although they've obviously moved to the States for yeah. reasons for the weather probably. <laughs> yeah. So I've always, I've always found that really interesting. Like T. Harvecker, I believe is from Toronto or Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool. There's a lot of great people in Toronto. And I've always felt that way. And it's great to connect with people like yourself. And mm-hmm. there's so many amazing people in this space um, doing great things in Canada and Toronto. So go Canada. Yeah. Go Canada. I love Absolutely. it. So where do you think, like moving into 2021 and beyond, like where do you think the big opportunities lie for entrepreneurs, be it like whatever industry they're in, where do you think the big areas for them to focus are, are going to be? I think 2020 was a big year of the pivot. Like we got to go online, we got to rush, we got to like do everything virtual. I think virtual is going to stick, but I don't think it's going to stick from a place of urgency. I think it's, it's understanding that now that we are virtual, we can support and we can impact so many more that being said, I think the second that vaccines come into place and the world opens back up, the in-person connection is going to be massive. I don't say this because I'm in the event and travel industry, but I think those are going to be two of the biggest booming industries because people are craving it. They're talking about it um, 100%. So I would say if you run an online business or if you run an in-person business, consider having both aspects to your business, both the online and not just online supporting your current community, but how can you get bigger? How can you support more people? Um, and then from an in-person perspective, I think people need to start having conversations and considering what in-person will look like for, for 2022. Yeah, totally. How do you think that people are going to react with each other when they come back into events where typically they'd be high-fiving and hugging? Do you think that's going to resume as normal or is it going to be this weird, awkward like, I don't even know. It's going to be yeah. an interesting. What do you think? I think it's going to be awkward for a while. I think people aren't going to know. Even now, if I run into someone on the street, I like go in for the hug and I'm like, oh, wait, no, we can't do that. Like people are, we crave connection. You crave yeah. interaction with another human being. Events only amplify that. So from an event planner perspective, it's going to be very tough and very interesting to see how we pivot and we put things into place because people are going to hug. But then there's the liability perspective. There's like so much to think about, but I think it's going to go both. I think if people are going to be awkward about it for a little while. And then once that open bar gets introduced, it's going to be, it's all over from there. <laughs> That's awesome. We have an event that we do every year in Scottsdale. Uh, it's three days, like high experiential, like amazing, not just like sit your bum in a chair for three days. Yeah. Or actually like interact and have fun. And Love it. It is, it's amazing to see what those three days. And I tell people when they come to the event, cause we've done this for years now. 
And I tell them, you're going to leave this event and you're going to see your business soar for the next quarter. Just oh, yeah. the energy and the conviction that you're going to come out of this with, but also the friendships. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you have a virtual business, which as you mentioned, is great, it can be very lonely and it can be very disconnected Absolutely. if you're not very intentional about it. And I think having these live experiences is, as you said, like we're social beings, we need to be connected in a deeper way than just like friends on Facebook. Yeah. And it's amazing what it can do for people, like a thousand percent. I also think too, that the days of just like sitting in a conference room, staring at a screen are so done. Like it is going to be all about the experience and what are you doing to engage and include and be inclusive and do all these really cool, fun things with your group. I think it's going to make uh, event planners and the event industry level up. And I'm so excited because I feel like we've been playing at this level for so long and now it's going to force everyone to level up, which is going to force us to level up. So I'm just excited to see kind of where we all come, come out of this and what, what everyone's business is going to look like. Yeah. What are some examples of cool experiential things you guys have done at, at, at events in the past that might be yeah. like out of left field? So one of my favorite things we ever executed was we did an event in Palm Springs um, and we turned our trade show. So like the typical booth where you're just handing out like a USB or a pen, <laughs> we turned it into Coachella. So we did like the Ferris wheel, we did a live band, we did, I don't know, like everything you can think of, like the hippie photo booth, basically like you were at Coachella, but in a work environment. So that one, like doing, doing the regulations for the Ferris wheel to come on property at the hotel was, it was a lot to manage, (laughs) but that to this day is one of my favorite things. That's awesome. We did a, one of our events, I think it was last year or the year before, we had a Tron theme. So we had a virtual or sorry, not a virtual, but a um, silent disco, but everyone had like this Tron thing set up and we had like glow in the dark, like human sized chests and it was, it was fun. And it's just great to, the nice thing too about that is people don't expect that. No, no. You know, they're expecting to sit down in a chair and like just absorb information. Yeah. And when you throw stuff in like that, it's like, they're so you're so taken back, like what you did with Darren. It's like, it's just this unexpectedness that makes it so special. Yeah. Yeah. The is, other thing we did cool. actually at that same event for Darren, we branded uh, pillowcases. So for all of the like top award winners, we embroidered their last name on their pillowcases. And we did it for Darren too, because I always do it for like the exacts and for the speakers. And I remember him coming on stage and he's like, who the heck brands a pillowcase? Like what? And he was just like, so blown away. He's like, I thought that this is part of the hotel. And then I realized it had my name on it. And it's little, like, like you said, little things like that where they don't expect it. It's what are the things that you can do to like amplify the norm? What can you do to like change the little things that you experience every day and make them special? So I'm just great. Yeah. So for everyone listening, who's not in the event space or they're not planning events or they're not doing retreats, what are like one or two things they could think about where they could take this concept into their business, whether it's with patients or coaching clients, what are, what are a few things that you could impart on them. Yeah. I honestly, I think the little things like, um, remembering birthdays and not just your uh, client's birthday, but their spouse's birthday. I don't know if you have an onboarding survey where you can ask these questions, obviously they'll like be dependent if they're comfortable with it. But, um, we've sent like $10 Starbucks cards to someone's husband, one of our clients' husbands. And they're like, what? Like you thought of my husband, you remembered my child's birthday, just the little things that you would expect from your friends and family. Why are we not doing that with our clients? So it doesn't need to be this big extravagant thing where you're embroidering pillowcases or doing fresh pressed juice, but what are you doing to make the little things special like birthdays or 
if you're passing in conversation and they say their favorite chocolate bar, like just pick it up next time you're at the store, ship it to them. Hey, was thinking about you. It's the little things like that, that you would want to receive. Why aren't we doing that for other people? It's like this expectation of you need to treat me amazing, but I'm just going to get by, by doing the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. Well, no, start to make other people feel special and you'll notice your business will change. Amazing. Such good advice, Lauren. This has been great. Uh, Just before we finish off, what is the best place for our listeners and viewers to follow your work? Um, probably on Instagram. Um, and it's just at modern collective with an underscore at the end. And that will like farm them out to kind of everything else I'm doing. There we go. We'll link up to that in the show notes for you. Um, and guys, hope you've enjoyed this one. This has been really good. Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your amazing journey, a part of it at least, and so many golden nuggets here. So thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on the coach's corner. If you didn't know inside of our private Facebook group, the healthpreneur hub, Yuri's show, The Coach's Corner, happens live every single morning with one goal, to help you grow your health business. If you want to hear more of The Coach's Corner, then click the link in the show notes to join the Healthpreneur Hub on Facebook for free. And if you want to know the four-step system that predictably fills a health business with qualified, ready-to-buy clients, we want to send you an invite to our free online masterclass. You can find that masterclass at healthpreneurgroup.com slash show or by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Healthpreneur Show with Yuri Okine.